Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach Tip of the Day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. Great information ahead. Stay tuned. Get your notepad. You're going to want to take some notes. Our next guest is Gary Lillian from Reinventures in Rancho Santa Fe, California. We're going to talk about how to take you out of something called the customer value delivery equation. So let's get right into that. Gary, welcome to the show and thanks for joining us today. Hey, Bill. Thanks. Uh, great to be here. Hey, Gary, tell us a little bit about your background and, and about uh, Reinventures. It sounds like a very interesting name for a company. Yeah, sure. Um, I have had a, uh, a rather a different sort of a career. I've had about um, half of my time, especially early on, was spent in large Fortune uh, 500 companies, places like the Clorox Company, PepsiCo, Pizza Hut, etc., running you know, large, uh, generally marketing and sales organizations. But then I, I've also spent about half my career time in startups. I've had three separate startup situations, maybe not unlike many of your listeners, um, all three of which I exited successfully in different ways. And so um, I, I've had a, a, a bit of a mix between uh, folks who uh, in small business atmospheres as well as those in large company. Mm-hmm. My... Uh, Experience with Reinventure started about four years ago when I joined a longtime collaborator, actually a, a partner that I met in business school some 32 years ago by the name of Dr. Lynn Phillips. Um, and uh, he has and we have a, a boutique executive consulting practice, which, uh, yes, you uh, called uh, Reinventures. And you may uh, even recognize some of the uh, concepts that Dr. Phillips developed early in his career at uh, Stanford University. They include some very uh, notable concepts like customer value proposition, value delivery system, and maybe most famously, day in the life of the customer research. And uh, over the last three or so uh, years or so, I've been uh, directing my personal practice towards helping small business owners to apply these concepts when they're seizing opportunities or overcoming challenges in their business. It sounds fascinating, you know, and I like the fact that you've had big company and small company experience. You can bring a lot of a lot of things to the table and really help business owners relate into that. And um, you know, one of the things that we're going to talk about is this customer value proposition. Um, tell us a little bit about that concept. Well, the way that uh, we do. That educational concept with the, the, uh, the, uh, my clients is to, uh, first of all, help them to begin to understand and investigate the mindset of the customer and to be able to, uh, rather than listening to the customer and doing what they ask, uh, to doing something quite different, and that is to become the customer and to uh, infer a superior set of experiences that would uh, actually benefit them. Uh, the truth is today that uh, as technical as many of uh, your listeners' businesses are, uh, they're actually in a better position to uh, propose solutions to customers than customers are prepared to ask for them. And so we, uh, 
we sort of return people to the uh, to adopting this mindset. And it won't surprise you, Bill, that many of my clients, uh, their biggest challenges are not only in their businesses, but in uh, they're struggling to overcome uh, the need to transition their business as they uh, prepare for their retirement. And so I've had a number of instances where I've uh, been asked to help them adopt the mindset of the investor or the future buyer and to help them understand that selling their business is very analogous to the kinds of instinctual practices they've had in selling their products and services. I get it. Okay, so when a business owner is in business, they're thinking about what the customer is going to need and anticipating that when they develop their their uh, products and services. And it's no different now when they're looking at the overall package of the business. They have what we're call what we're going to call the enterprise value proposition to the buyer of the business. So it's a different package. It's the whole package. And business owners need to be cognizant of what that looks like as they get ready to market their business. Is that it? Yeah. You know, what I've helped uh, folks come to understand is, you know, customer value proposition is something that they understand and perhaps have some familiarity with in their business. It's really a promise about a set of experiences that customers will have if they choose to do business with you. Uh, What what seems novel to them, and especially novel to the advisors that they've surrounded themselves with in marketing their business as opposed to their, their products, is what I call an enterprise value proposition. And that's simply the answer to the question, if I buy your business, uh, what are the outcomes that I can expect? Uh, and what's the journey going to be like for me in actually achieving those outcomes? So, um, And that's, that's very... Uh, not not a question that uh, most investment bankers, CPAs, other uh, sell-side advisors actually invite them to answer. Their uh, approach is much more, let's just say, product-centric. It's about, hey, here's the facts. Uh, you, the investor, you know, good luck discovering uh, how this might, uh, what this might mean uh, in your hands. I like that. Yeah, it's you're right. It's it's uh, we do a good job. We have a great product. We have a great service. Here it is. Buy it. But it's not like that. It's it's kind of like entering your favorite restaurant through the kitchen. That's where the real work. <laughs> That's what you're <laughs> buying when you're buying a business, right? So so for owners that are preparing to sell their businesses, what do you see as their their typical biggest challenges that they have? I think it's, 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 as I said before, it's understanding the mindset of the investor. And Mm -hmm. I I think it will not come as any surprise to anyone who has spent even a cursory amount of time uh, working on selling and transitioning their business to know that there's, you know, there's three different categories of buyers out there. There are strategic buyers, that is people in your industry who could acquire your business and fold it into theirs. There are uh, entrepreneurial owners who like the people who are selling the business are going to take it over and run it as their own small business. And then there's financial buyers, uh, typically private equity firms and now new breeds of cat-like uh, search funds, et cetera. And, you know, it, it, it's surprising when you uh, ask people, well, what's the value proposition you're offering each of these different buyers? They have different interests, different unmet deeds, actually different different dominant mindsets that they bring to their acquisitions. And when I ask sellers, you know, what um, uh, what have you done to investigate the unmet needs of the buyer, they typically get, you know, some blank stares. And it's actually the answers to those questions which can help 
the seller to best sort of cross the chasm, as it were, of building buyer confidence that they indeed would achieve the outcomes they expect. Very good point. I've heard it referred to in the past as different value worlds. You live in these different value worlds, and let's say you were going to visit that world. You need to know the rules of that world, how it's going to operate so that you can position your business to be most valuable in that space, in that world. And so that's what we're talking about is the the enterprise value proposition. And so for a business owner who says, well, I want to get the maximum value no matter where I go, is that possible or do they have to get into these detailed planning arrangements of of each different world and and how would they be different, I guess, is my my third question in that question. Well, I think that uh, the concept here is that you should uh, expect a higher valuation or optimizing the value you receive and potentially the and more and just as important the cash you receive at closing by uh, understanding the buyer's motivation here the goal here bill is to create a motivated buyer right and most research right. supports the contention that motivated buyers will pay at least you know 10 to 20% more for a business so my question to your audience members that are thinking of transitioning their business is what have you done to discover the buyer's motivations? A an entrepreneur looking to buy your business is, you know, looking at the transition aspects. They're looking at how secure do I feel that when the the current owners leave that intellectual property and uh, key employees don't walk out the door with them and maybe some lifestyle issues about what would it be like running this business. Uh, an entirely different sort of decision architecture than someone who's a pure financial buyer, who's looking at, uh, you know, hot sectors, uh, growth sectors, timing buys, uh, P.E. ratios, uh, multiples of EBITDA, et cetera. Those, those are a very different decision-making uh, criteria. And so uh, I'm just saying, as I say to my clients, look, uh, understand who this individual buyer is, what their decision-making architecture is, and help them to cross the chasm. And generally, where deals fall apart is not in the the financial outcomes that they might expect, but buyers ultimately deciding that they don't have enough confidence that they could uh, get to those financial outcomes because of certain transition, what I call transition obstacles, things that could fall apart along the way. Okay, transition obstacles, a great topic. I think we could spend probably just an hour on that, on transition obstacles, don't you? There's there's so many of them. Uh, Yeah, there's... There's plenty of them, and, and they have to be addressed and mitigated because if you leave it to the buyer to make their own interpretation about the probability that this one can be managed, they're not likely to put a very high percentage on it. And we can address things like lack of a strong bench or customers not in a lockbox or competitive risks in a different way if they've got I'm not saying, uh, you know, uh, bend the truth here. What I'm saying is, you know, put all the cards on the table and let them know how you've, how you've addressed those issues in the past and what the prospects might be for the future. And more importantly, since we're talking to a business owner audience who is contemplating not maybe not selling their business tomorrow, but planning to sell or transfer their business in the next several years, uh, it's very important that they begin years before to put these things on the table and then and then clean up the messes that they can and address these issues. Is that right? Oh, Bill, yeah. you And I'm sure that many of your past guests have emphasized this as well, but the most severe and most prevalent obstacles, transition obstacles, 
you know, can take a year or two to, you know, fortify and to mitigate. You know, those would include obviously hiring a, and training a stronger bench, uh, perhaps changing your uh, customer model to more of a subscription-based model, which locks customers in for longer periods of time. And so all of those things that, uh, that lower transition risk typically take a bit of time to sort of adopt and, and develop some history with so that the buyer says, okay, I can put a check mark by that one. I feel comfortable with that one. Let's move on to the next one. Yeah, and there are a lot of those. You're you're absolutely right. There are processes and systems and locking in key employees and, you know, we can, again, we can go on and on about this, but these are things that need to be put on the table and uh and, and understanding what value world you're working within, you know, what your target is or at least your primary target. Um is there is so important. Now, one of the things I've heard is that you advocate working backwards when thinking about how to get the highest value from your business. What do you mean by that? Well, um, working backwards means uh, beginning with those uh, insights about uh, what your transition obstacles are or what your buyer's motivation is or what your, you know, at this point you're thinking about, you know, who might be the potential buyers of this business. And, you know, all of your listeners are savvy enough business people to, you know, sit in the chair of the buyer for a minute. Uh, identify what those obstacles and value detractors might be, and then just simply uh, put down, what are the things that I could do uh, in working backwards? What could I do in my business to take those off the table or to at least reduce the level of risk? So rather than working forwards from here's my business, here's its economics, here's my management team, here's my growth agenda, et cetera, and hoping to uh, hoping that will resonate with the buyer, you know, take each of the types of buyers. Perhaps if you're focusing just on strategics, work backwards from what you imagine their issues might be if you were them and uh, begin to look at your business from a lens, a lens of how the buyer would look at it and begin to address those one at a time. Okay, great point because each one might have different tax strategies, legal strategies, financial and operational strategies, but starting with the end in mind means that you need to know your timing when you hope to be transitioning out of your business. And usually there's a, a time after you sell or transfer your business that you're expected to stick around. So you need to know yeah. that. You need to know what you need to get out of it financially to make yourself whole. And you need to kind of have a, a good idea of who your target is, right? So those are the three typical areas that we start with. Um, is that is that where you start with business owners is, is those three areas? Uh, yeah, start there, but not um, in there. Um, don't keep this private. Uh, let's say that uh, you've identified um, transition risk of the owners and transition uh, risk of, of customers leaving after the uh, after the current owner uh, departs. You know, why not develop a transition plan with detailed with details by month for six months after the uh, purchase of the business? and give that to your seller. Uh, usually due diligence processes rely on the seller to sort of develop these transition plans, but they don't know your business. You know, why not uh, help them with that? Let them see that the journey from date of acquisition to six months out and achieving the financial outcomes they, ima they imagine uh, is actually already documented for me. And the owner's role, the previous owner's role in that plan is delineated. So, um, yeah, not only think about it in the way you described it, but also document it. 
in a way that, you know, when the uh, potential seller is saying, hey, here's some of the things I'm concerned about, say, oh, I'm glad you asked. Uh, page 32 has exactly the, my involvement in, you know, that transition plan. That's a great idea because owners like to see, you know, the, the it's the blueprint of the plan spelled out so that they can see this is this is where we're starting, but we have thought through where we're going to need to be at several points along the way. Gary, it's great stuff. We've just started to scratch the surface, but we're out of time, unfortunately. And tell us, uh, tell our listeners how they can find out more and get in touch with you to talk about these issues. Well, you can uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, happy to do that. Uh, we also have a website, uh, very simple, reinventures. R-E-I-N-V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S dot com. Um, and uh, those are two pretty easy ways to connect with me and glad to, to you know, help out uh, for any of your listeners that might want to explore this in more detail. And uh, if someone were to say, well, I don't know if I should call or not, what would you, I mean, or if I should get in touch or not, um, wh- what are some of the, the points, uh, the change situations that people might be at when you get a typical call from someone? When, where are they in the process? Uh, typically, they're, um, they're very early on in the process because, uh, Bill, I'm, I'm generally advising them on their businesses in general. Uh, and the topic of transition comes up. And so I've been fortunate to be able to help uh, a number of companies to better understand their their strategic options in terms of buyers and how to prepare. But if uh, any of your listeners would like to uh, get in touch, happy to sort of just, you know, have an initial platform meeting and talk about their situation for 15, 20 minutes and see if see if I can help. And, um, you know, no, nothing attached, just uh, let's talk and, and see if I can help. That's a great resource for our listeners. And again, uh, I would love to uh, continue our conversation at another time and go deeper into these topics because I think we could dissect this and go, you know, one by one and just spend uh, a lot of time just on the different types of value worlds, the different types of buyers that are out there and some rules of thumb for that. So Gary Lillian, thanks very much for your time today. Really enjoyed it. And I look forward to the next time we speak. Thanks, Bill. Bye. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after this. So please stay tuned. Does thinking about what will happen to your business if you're gone keep you awake at night? Will you get the price you need from your business to carry you through retirement? The BEI Network of Exit Planning Professionals is the world's leading advisor network with the power to help business owners transition out of business on their own timeline and terms. Ask your most trusted advisor to create a BEI plan for you or visit us at ExitPlanning.com. That's ExitPlanning.com. You're listening to ExitCoachRadio.com, the information station for age 50-plus business owners, where we're interviewing top advisors for their best tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. We upload new one-minute tips every day. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 